Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Powered by the Salvation Army. With just 20 giving days until Christmas, there's never been a better time to join the fight to make Christmas bright for those in need. To give through Alexa, say, Alexa, make a donation to the Salvation Army. Or visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Thousands of Unstudied Plants May Be at Risk of Extinction by Gregory Barber. Pleurothallus portillae is one odd-looking orchid, sporting a small nub of a flower nestled in a long, bulbous leaf that droops like a pair of string beans. It's considered fashionably drab by collectors. But its true home is in the remote cloud forest of the Ecuadorian Andes, a region where, according to an algorithm, it's most likely under threat of extinction. Plants have long gotten short shrift in conservation circles. Although perhaps a fifth of the kingdom's species are at risk, According to the UK's Royal Botanic Gardens Q, identifying which ones are on the brink is a somewhat anecdotal business. Less than 10% of plant species have been assessed by the IUCN Red List, considered the preeminent global directory of extinction threat. Comprehensive evaluations, which take time and money, end up favoring so-called charismatic species, the lions and polar bears that grace glossy donation mailers. That and the sheer number of known plant species almost 400,000 of them, spread far across the globe in hard-to-reach places, with thousands more being discovered every year, makes the whole affair a massive, underfunded game of catch-up. But botanists are drowning in data that could potentially help, says Anahi Espindola, a professor of evolutionary ecology at the University of Maryland. We wanted to find a way to speed up the process. In a study appearing Monday in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, she and her co-authors use reams of data to predict the status of 150,000 plant species whose vulnerability is currently unknown. Professors, curators, and citizen scientists have long gone out into the field in search of plants, common and rare, returning with meticulous records of their observations that pile up in public databases. Data is available to varying degrees for hundreds of thousands of plants. In recent years, all that rough-and-tumble exploring has also generated millions of GPS points referring to locations where individual plants were observed. Espindola's team found that if they crunched the numbers available for plants already listed on the IUCN Red List, 
data on the species' range, location, and traits, as well as regional climate and geographic indicators, they could build a machine learning model that could predict the status of other species. The results indicated that between 10 and 30% of those unassessed plants were at risk, potentially tens of thousands of species. Even more concerning is the fact that conservation efforts might be overlooking many of those plants because of where they live. Plant protection programs tend to favor areas like Europe, where many research institutes happen to be located, or ecological marvels like Madagascar that attracts hordes of botanists. Other regions they found, like the fog-nurtured biome hugging the southern coast of the Arabian Peninsula, harbored a large number of potentially threatened species that hadn't received nearly as much attention. IUCN ratings aren't the end-all be-all of conservation assessment, but they do have bearing on which areas are protected as biodiversity hotspots abroad, and are fed into databases that extractive industries use for reducing threats to endangered species as they work. Not having plants in those analyses mean that people are working with incomplete datasets, explains Anne Francis, a botanist who coordinates red list efforts in North America. We're determining key biodiversity areas without a big chunk of the biodiversity being taken into account. That's especially troubling given the foundational role plants have in ecosystems. Studies have found plant species are less adept than animals at responding to changes in habitat and climate. And when they go extinct, their disappearance can cause cascading effects through broader ecological networks. The challenge, Francis says, is one of time and funding. Much of the grunt work of assessing species is carried out by volunteer experts. And by necessity, current conservation strategies tend to focus on large pushes to study a single category of plant. The IUCN recently completed an inventory of the world's cactuses, for example, and is currently working on trees or focus on those with salient uses, like medicinal plants and the wild relatives of common food crops. But Espindola argues those strategies can end up shuttling resources away from plants most in need of conservation. Machine learning predictions aren't a replacement for those on-the-ground assessments. Our humble orchid, for example, will require a closer look by botanists working in the Andes, who would tally up individuals, sum up local threats, and evaluate the genetic diversity of the wild populations. But they could be a starting point, a quick way for conservationists to identify plants that need more study. The models could also be taken up by regional conservation groups and fleshed out with more data, yielding crisper, more accurate local assessments. Perhaps a similar model could be applied to other creatures, like fungi, kickstarting still nascent efforts to catalog an overlooked kingdom, says Espindola there are other groups of organisms that are even less attractive than plants. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.